You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. I am your host, Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies.com. I also have the NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. I am a few subscribers away from 14,000, so check it out when you have a chance. And I'm coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, where it is 1.42 a.m., my body clock is telling me it's 3.42 a.m. I live in Dallas, but I'm here on a family vacation. It's been a fun-filled day of just hanging with my family, and if you're familiar with L.A., it's really spread out, and I've been driving all over the place, trying to juggle between taking my dad shopping, taking my mom and my brother and his kids to the beach and since i'm familiar with la i used to live here and i've been coming here every other week i am the host and i'm in charge of driving so i've spent a ridiculous amount of time on la cienega and the 405 and going back and forth between hollywood and the beach cities but overall it's it's just been a, a fun experience i have a two-year-old nephew who's like my my buddy for life and just getting a chance to hang out with him and seeing him playing the sand has, has been worth it so i'm a little tired but i had to get this done and in the episode for today i'm going to talk about the 2021 international class and i think it's a pretty strong international draft class and this episode today is brought to you by locker room download the locker room app from the ios app store find one of our locked on rooms locker room it is changing the way we talk sports and my guest for today is Kuze Killich who is man this guy is a phenomenal up-and-coming scout and we recorded this a little bit earlier due to the time difference so but I think you enjoy it, especially if you are interested in international prospects he has I mean, great takes. I mean, this guy is a ridiculously hard worker. So with all that being said, enjoy this episode on the 2021 NBA Draft Class with Kuze Kilich. Have a guest today. This is the future of international scouting. If you don't know who he is, you will know the name soon because it's the hardest working man in basketball, in my opinion. It is my guy, the guru, Kuze Kilich live from Istanbul, Turkey. What's up, man? How are you? Thank you so much for your kind words. And same for you, you too. is really hard worker. And all of your audience know that's how you uh, hearts really work. So thank you so much for your kind words. And I am good. I am really good. All right. Let's get right into it. 2021 NBA draft is here. It is, for for most people say it is the better draft class or one of the strongest draft class in recent memory a lot of people think it's a lot better than the 2020 class I'm just tired of talking about 2020 I'm glad it's over and it's good to start talking about new prospects which you were on this 2021 class probably in 2019 so you know a lot about these guys 
And uh, I've seen a few of them play live and in, in person at some of the under 19 or under 18 tournaments that went on last summer or maybe two, or 2019 summer. So I know a few of them. I've seen them. I've watched their film. So I wanted to get your opinion and have you come on the show and talk about your top 2021 international prospects. We'll get to the United States prospects on another episode, but in this episode, I really, I really wanted to talk about 2021. So who is your top 2021 international NBA prospect? Roku Pirkacin from Sibona Zagreb. So you have him ahead of Garuba. Yeah. Okay. I am really different about that uh, Roku Pirkacin or Garuba question. Okay, so let's talk about Roko. And how do you pronounce his last name? I've heard it, Prakachin. Yeah, Prakachin. Prakachin, all right. Yeah. So I've watched a little bit of his film. I think that he has a good frame. He's a face-up for, you know who, who he kind of reminds me of? Um, Karutz, the big brother. Oh, yeah. Do you see that a little bit? So I just, yeah. based off what I saw when he was at Barcelona two, a couple years ago, that's the similarity that I see. So tell me, what are your thoughts on him and why is he your top international prospect? First of all, when you watch Roko, when you watch Roko Perkacin, uh, you have first glances about, no, his physical tools not fit for the NBA because he looks like cumberstone. He looks like slow guy. But when you watch him really serious, he can make a lot of tank. He can make a lot of slashing uh, flashes. He is really good outlets, both in terms of smoothness and in terms of explosiveness, in my opinion. Uh, he is great uh, of one of foot jumping or two feet jumping. Also, he can shoot the ball. He can create his shots or he can shoot the ball as a catcher shooter. So I really like his uh, offensive arsenal. Uh, also, he is a good uh, passer. He can see the court. Uh, on the defensive end, he is decent defender for now. Uh, he can uh, guard multiple positions. He can guard small forwards, power forwards, and center. He has uh, impressive instincts on the defensive end. But sometimes he can get too lazy uh, in close defense or as an off-the-ball defender. Uh, end of the day, my biggest question mark about him, he just played in Sibona. He, he has not any experience at EuroLeague level, Euro Cup level or basketball championship level. However, his flashes he showed so far is really promising in my opinion. Yeah, so I felt like he has a pretty decent upside as a shooter. The last game I watched, the team was leaving him wide open at the top of the key and kind of daring him to shoot. He, I think he made one, maybe like one out of four, if I'm not mistaken. But the, it seemed like that was their defensive strategy to let him shoot. But I think that he's a decent passer. He shows that he can become a, a pretty good passer out of the high post. I just like how he plays hard. He runs the floor. He is athletic. I don't know about like the quick twitch athleticism like he doesn't pass the eye test as far as the athlete so if you watch him play the first couple of clips you're not gonna say oh wow this guy's a great athlete but what I do like about him is that he is pretty bouncy 
but he looks to finish everything around the rim with a dunk. He's, he's going up strong every time, whether it's a reverse layup that he can turn into a dunk, he'll do it. But yeah, I think he has some upside as a shooter. I saw one possession where he was able to put the ball on the floor and then shoot a pull-up jumper. So I like that about him. And I think that he has potential to be a pretty good face-up for, he may end up on the NBA level being like an energy guy that can knock down open shots. I don't know if he'll get a lot of post-up opportunities, but I like what I see. As far as him being the top international prospect, that's debatable, but everything is debatable at, at, at this point. In just a moment, find out where Kuze believes Prokopchin should be selected, and also we'll find out who is the number two international prospect in this 2021 NBA draft class. I am excited to tell you about a new podcast that I think you're really going to love called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, who was the writer and director of The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. In the 1980s, basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J becoming household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. I know for me personally, that's when I became a fan of the NBA. Now, but along the way to this wealth and stardom, the excess of the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who were ready to become stars, face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who lived through these moments in the history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. I'm looking forward to this because, again, like I said, I... I mean, I was born in the late 70s, but I grew up in the 80s. This is when my dad introduced me to basketball. I started reading like the Street Street and Smith magazine when I was like in second grade or something like that. And ever since then, it's just been basketball my whole life. I mean, has been dedicated to basketball, being a big fan. So if you love the 80s basketball like I did, and even if you love like The Last Dance or 30 for 30, you're definitely going to love Death at the Wing. Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts to start listening. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So what range do you see him getting drafted in? Oh, I think he's lottery pick. I think he's a lottery pick. I really trust his upside, and just not because his uh, skill set, also his uh, background. He really has impressive family background. His father was a former basketball player. Nixon he played for FS Tilsen. And uh, one of the best things about Rocco, he's a real hard worker. I mean, he has not any glorious work ethic or he has not any glorious no i will go to the gym today and i will work for 11 hours he just play the sense but he uh, works seriously so i really trust his background and uh, his personality also all right so what do you think his upside is as far as like if he reaches his maximum potential what type of player do you think he can be in the NBA? Uh, both he can find his place in the NBA as a 
spacing slasher and spacing creator. If he can shoot the ball consistently, he could be excellent as spacing creator, but his shooting come around decent level, he can be excellent as spacing slasher. Yeah, so he'll be he'll he'll actually only be 18 on draft day. So does he so he probably barely meets the requirement of being a 2021 NBA prospect. Do you think by any chance he stays and, and joins the 2022 class? I don't think for right now. And uh, when I interviewed him, he told me that I will I want to join a 2021 NBA job. But if he want if he changes idea around the match or April, it will be natural because as you said, he is just 18 years old. He's one of the youngest basketball prospects in this class. Yep. But right now, I don't think he will withdraw in this draft. All right. So let's go to your number two international prospect. Usman Garuba. A lot of people have him number one. He's been number one for a couple years on a lot of different boards. I've personally seen him play, um, but I haven't seen him play in, you know, for Madrid. I've only seen him play for Spain on the, I think it was the under 18s. Yeah, it was under 18s. And he dominated that tournament. But another guy who I'm sure we'll talk about later, they play, if I'm not mistaken, they played in the championship game. And this guy is probably the biggest riser in, out of this group. But I like Garuba. He actually kind of reminds me of Paul Millsap. That is my high-end comparison simply because he's a little undersized. And when Millsap was coming out of Louisiana Tech, he was a dominant rebounder in the NCAA. I want to say he led the nation in rebounds or was close to it. But over time, he developed a skill set where he was able to face up, knock down open shots, put the ball on the floor a little bit. And that's where I see Garuba. And I watched his film recently. And one of the things that he's added that I didn't see in the summer of 2019 is he's a lot better at attacking off the dribble. Mm -hmm. And he's more confident shooting threes. I know that um, I see him standing in the corner a lot shooting threes for, for uh, Madrid, which was something I didn't think he really had in his arsenal last summer. But he's obviously worked on his shot. But, yeah, it was one play. I'm going to put it on Twitter once I get a chance to where he attacked the closeout with a quick crossover. And once he gets in the paint, he it doesn't take him long to get up there. He's an explosive leaper and strong finisher. So I like him. He's my number one international prospect as of today. He's a little undersized for a traditional power forward, but he has a long wingspan. And I'm pretty sure you probably have those measurables. I don't think anything is probably accurate or at, at this point. But I like him. I think if he can develop into a good corner shooter and continue to make improvements, putting the ball on the floor, then that's just going to open up the stuff that he does well, which is as a role man, his activity, hustle player. He's great on the offensive glass. And I think he's a pretty decent passer. So what are your thoughts on, on Garuba? If he can play consistently in these games, he could be first pick uh, in international class for me, but I still don't trust his offensive arsenal. Okay, uh, he showed a lot of good flashes 
when he attacks the closeout, when he attacks the rim with the ball, or when he hit the trees as a corner shooter. But end of the day, he is a little bit inactive offensive player in my opinion. Defensive end, he is really great. He is really excellent defender. Yeah. He can he can guard multiple positions. He has impressive athleticism tools. Uh, he is excellent physically. But on the offensive end, he can be a little bit limited player. And in the NBA, as you know better than me, if you don't do a lot of things on the offensive end, your role as an NBA player will limit it. And that's my take about him. See, I think he's going to be very good in the NBA as a role man with, with spacing. So I think yeah. if you use him as a role man, which I know he's not a five, so that means he'd have to be a role man as a four. But I saw a game where they had him playing the five and Tavart was it? No, was he? I think he was playing the five, and Randolph was playing the four when Tavares yeah. came out. I mean, in today's NBA, I mean, you you see guys like him playing the five in, in certain lineups, but I definitely think the skill set that he can hang his hat on on the offensive end would be as a role man, and maybe even a vertical lob threat. But if he can knock down open shots and attack closeouts. And then, I mean, of course, he needs to probably add a little bit more to his post game. Right now, at least when he plays on the younger levels, he was able to dominate in the post because he was just so much more physically gifted and stronger than opposing players, which that was one of my concerns when he started playing on the senior clubs. Like, all right, how is he going to be able to score? Because he's not going to be able to out-muscle guys. But he's shown to me that he's added to his game. And like I said, I didn't see the attacking closeouts and the three-point shooting last summer. So he's definitely put in the work and, and the time to expand his game. So, so By the way, I, I want to ask you one thing. Do you think Usman Garuba player like Enfundo Kabangele, do you see any similarities between these two? Uh, I mean, I guess I can see some of it. Uh, I just like the Millsap comparison. That's 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 my comparison. That's the one I've been sticking with uh, for the last year. I think at the same age, he's more skilled than Millsap because Millsap was yeah. a post player. Again, he was just a dominant rebounder. But he he I mean he was a good rebounder early in his career. Not saying that he's not now, but he knew was he wasn't going to be able to grab 13 rebounds a game in the NBA at his size. But I just love how he just expanded his skill set, and so I see a lot of similarities with with uh, Garuba. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. If you've been paying attention, we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while. And if you haven't, Built Bar, it's this amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now, we finally got to the point where we can tell you 
which built bar is the best built bar madness is finally over it's wrapped up and we have a champion and the champion or i guess champion is coconut brownie chunk it won over cookie dough chunk and i had another bar i had mint brownie for the champion but overall i i can't be upset with the winner but go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter and remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 15 percent off your next order that's locked on 20 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's nba draft with the locked on nba draft podcast we have scouting reports draft rumors mock drafts and full coverage of march madness four days a week from credential draft experts like myself follow the locked on nba draft podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right who is number three on on your list for international players in the 2021 NBA draft. Joshua Giddy from Australia. Giddy is a flashy passer, just a creative passer, good size. I mean, is he at 6'7 now or is he 6'8? 6'7. 6'7. I like him. He is slow. <laughs> now he is slow. He he's slow, but it works for him because he plays at his own pace, his own speed. You can't speed him up. And he, I just like his passing. I think he's a phenomenal passer and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of him. So in, in your opinion, why is Giddy number three on your list? Because he's one of the smartest, maybe uh, the best, has the best basketball IQ in this draft class. Definitely. I don't like, well, I don't, I don't know, between like Cade. I mean, you mean overall yeah. or just international? <laughs> uh, in, in international, Asia. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't like to be hyper guy, but if we have to make some Luka Doncic comparison, I think Josh Giddy could be one of the most closest comps for Doncic. I don't think he can be Luka Doncic, but he has some flashes while... Doncic show in his Real Madrid journey. I mean, Luka Doncic is slow. Josh Giddy is slow. Luka Doncic has impressive basketball IQ. Josh Giddy has impressive basketball IQ. Same touch in the air, same drive initiation, same handling. Uh, just Luka Doncic is better because he he can shoot the ball consistently. He is a leader. He is a ball leader. Uh, he's he he did he did all these everything good things in Euroleague level and one of the, my uh, best things about Josh Giddy is consistent hard worker. I like him. For example, uh, a year ago, his weight very bad. Uh, you saw him in Chicago. Yep. He is not good physically, but right now he is really look physically. He played two preseason games in uh, Australian Basketball League and he seems to be very good in physically. Yep. I mean, I think the difference between Doncic is, I mean, I don't think Doncic is slow, slow. Like, he's fast in transition. If he gets the rebound, he's he's moving it. But Luka just changes directions and speeds, and yeah. he just has the handle where he lures you to sleep, 
And even though he may be quote unquote slow, I really haven't seen too many people stop him from getting to the basket. And then if he, if he can't beat you off, to, you know, getting you leaning one way and changing directions, he just muscles you. He just kind of bullies guys into his spot. And then he has that soft, like half floater touch shot around the rim where he, it's kind of like his uh, Sergio. Uh, yeah. Where it's like this move. Yeah, it's like he drives hard and then it's like a one leg fadeaway slash touch shot. I mean, very crafty. But I think Giddy is crafty too. Yeah. I just don't know if he has Luca's handle and change of direction and change of pace. But he, I mean, like I said, when I saw him play, it was just like he was walking to the basket. But his IQ was literally a step ahead of everybody else's. So outside of Luca, who else do you think that he compares to on the NBA level? Mm, that's a tough question. Maybe Joe Ingles actually really <clears throat> could be good. But he has to <clears throat> become a better shooter to, yeah. to get to Joe's level. Yeah. yeah. But if he ends up becoming half of Doncic, half Ingles, that's a pretty good combination. Yeah. So <laughs> I think he'll be pretty good. All right. So who is number four on your list? Crazy, but Alperen Sengun. Now, he is having a phenomenal year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... And Terry Bumps. What's that? Oh, this Yeah. Yeah, so do you think that... Because what I saw out of him when I watched him live, he was a, a wide-body, physical, throwback, low-post player. And I thought he was good because I, that Turkish team had two guys. They had two guys that were some, had the same similar build. But I thought, like, man, this guy is, is a definite stud. I just didn't know if his game would translate to the NBA because he's such a physical low post. I mean, he's like a throwback old school low post player. So do you think that – that um his um, game would translate to the NBA? In this case, I have two examples. I mean, Ivica Zubac and Ante Zizic. Ante Zizic is not in the NBA. He will, uh, he with Maccabi Tel Aviv right now. And Ivica Zubac, you know, still with LA Clippers. Zubac stays in the NBA because he really did, he really does good job as a dunker spot and catch and finish scorer. Also, he has a little bit mid-range weapon on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Zizic not in the NBA right now because he is inconsistent catch and finisher. Uh, he is he can get a little bit too lazy on the defensive end. And same for the Alperen Sengun. Alperen Sengun right now uh, he could be Ante Zizic or he could be Ivica Zubac. I think he a little bit closer to be Zubac because he really unstoppable on the uh, around the paint, yeah. I mean, he 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 scored a lot of points over the young Wesley Johnson Hamilton, and uh, these guys really good rim protectors in the European level. Uh, but of course, his lack of uh, elite three point shooting and his lack of defensive basketball IQ are huge question marks. All right, how about this comparison? If Ermer Yurchevin stays in Turkey instead of coming to the States to go to, I mean, where he, NC State, then he finished at Georgetown. 
at the same age, who was the better prospect? Well, Alpen Schengen. Because Yerstevin had like a, was it 91 in a game or something like that? I read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. I, I felt like he would have been a first-round pick if he would have came out after, what was it, the 15-16 season? Yeah. If he would have came out and went to the NBA instead of going to college, I think he might have been a late first-round pick, at least a draft and stash guy. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as um, the kid you mentioned, I, I can't pronounce his name. I know how to <laughs> – I know what it looks like. But yeah, he's what makes him so tough to guard is he has this wide frame and it's hard to like get around him once he, you know, once he gets you in a low post position. And then he has a soft touch around the rim. And I'm gonna have to go back and watch the film of the game when him and Garuba played in, in Greece for the uh I think it was the championship. If it wasn't the championship, it was the the uh semifinals. But watching that game now, looking back at it, there may be four guys that were on the floor that are NBA prospects from Garuba to, uh, was it Bona? Yeah. He's here in the States at Prolific Prep. You have the kid you mentioned, and then uh, the other kid uh, who's supposed to be on our show this summer. I can't think of his name right now. The shooter, the seven-foot. Santiago Aldama? Yes, yep. That may have been his his breakout game because you know he's had some injuries, but man, he was he was awesome in in, in that uh, yeah. in that tournament. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On NBA Draft. Shout out to my guest Kuze Killers for coming on and sharing his knowledge on the international prospects. Again, this episode was previously recorded, and hope you enjoyed it. And this is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies, and I am out.